Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be at in your day, in your world, at your point in time. This is okay, let's be honest. A small deep dive inside of the weird ass mind of this guy named Brian. Are you ready? Here we go. Yeah, boy. This is Brian. This is okay, let's be honest. I'm drinking coffee. It's Sunday morning. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to try and be a little more positive today, but the fun part about my life is the fact that at some point in time, it's not necessarily that somebody's going to come by and ruin it, but somebody's definitely going to test it. You want to talk about it? I sure as fuck do. So let's talk about it. So while drinking my coffee this morning, and I try to wake up at a regular interval, you know, a regular time, a time that's very consistent every day. This way, you know, my body knows like, okay, cool. So we're going to wake up at this time. We got to shut down at this time. And then you take supplements and then whatever it is. So now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm in those zones and I'm making these decisions and I'm being, I'm doing my best to be more just aware of what I'm doing and what I'm saying, who I'm saying it to, like just, just trying to pay closer, deeper attention to what's happening, you know? So with that, the ideas, the goal, the mission, the purpose, the focus, and the drive of all that is to be able to be as consistent as humanly possible. I apologize for any background noise at this point, just fans, because it's hot in my little office studio here. So with that, what it's done is, is that it's also allowed my brain more room to think about things. It allows me to ruminate more on what's happening. I have these subconscious problems that I allow myself to have. And oh, there you go. Not even so much subconscious problems as, as much as it's subconscious tasks. So things I've been thinking about and deep dive, diving deeper into the human mind and the idea of rationality and, and, and what have you as time goes on. One of the things that I've genuinely been trying to do with all this is to try and not necessarily even create balance, but just leave certain words, certain buzz articles and things completely out of my uh, lexicon, more or less, my personal lexicon. And the, one of the things is honestly balance. Everything is in balance no matter what you do. Because the thing is, you can't, you, you literally cannot control how anything is done. You can't control the outcome. You can't control the input. You can't control anything outside of yourself. And, and that's it. The other thing with, like I said, with all these other thoughts, you know, they're the, the, when I say things like come across my desk, that just means when I'm in deep thought or when I am connected to whatever it is that I'm doing, you know, when something comes across my desk, it's I'm in the middle of something and then someone or something in this life comes through, drops it down in the middle of what I'm doing, forcing me to pay attention to it. Like I'm, I'm having to divert my attention even just to take it off of my desk. I have to divert my attention to be able to do it. Sorry about blowing into the mic. I'm trying to find a better position so it doesn't do that as much. So the other thing that I'm beginning to realize as I get older is like there's a lot of shit that I've been avoiding that I shouldn't have even had come to fruition at all ever before in my life. We'll get into those things later, but all of this at this point to say that the thing that came across my desk was something I put in front of myself. It was like at the bottom of the stack. It's almost like it's like going back to job one. And job one is basically just understanding the fundamentals. That's all job one is. So I've cleared off my desk of all these other things, you know, relationship, house, business, car, uh, health, all, all this stuff. I just, I just pushed it right off the entire stack. And there was one piece of paper inside of one folder, if I can paint you a picture. There was one piece of paper inside of one folder 
And in this folder, like I said, all this stuff is imaginary, so please bear with me. In this folder, in this thing in my mind, I open it, and it's, like I said, it's one piece of paper. And on this one piece of paper, I flip it over, and it says, 30 years ago, 1993, 30 years ago, there was a moment, there was a thing, there was a whatever, and you haven't changed anything since then. And I was like, okay, that's like the weirdest thing to write on a piece of paper in my own mind. Even in my own imagination, it's weird. So I look at it, so I say, okay. I put it down and I, and I move it over and I grab the stack of whatever tasks I have for the day. And what I've realized and what I've come to grips with at this point is, it's true. There was some time, and like I said, it, it, at this point, 30 years later, most of these memories are conflated with other events and things. So please beg me this indulgence of diving deep into, once again, this, the simplicity and the, the sickness that is my mind. And what has happened is I, I don't know if I got grounded or, or whatever it is, but there was a trend that started around that time. And around that time, one of the things that happened was I got locked in my room for a week, for a month. I can't remember. Like I said, there are so many things that happened in the last 30 years. It's hard to remember that stuff. But since that point, I can vividly remember most of my high school years being put away in my room. Eighth grade, ninth grade, all these things. Just being put away in my room. Anytime I did something outside of what my parents asked me to, which was pretty much whenever I got released, quote unquote, from my room, yeah, I would just go right back and do the thing I wanted to do anyway. Even though I knew that I would get punished or in trouble, I did it anyway. I didn't ask for permission. I asked for forgiveness. And I'd be damned if I didn't get it. <laughs> I and, and I will be honest. I tip my cup up and I go, nope, I was, I was an asshole about it. Yeah, I was a complete dick. Complete asshole about it. Don't get me wrong. I did my chores. Nah, I got a little bit better at my schoolwork over time. Uh, he still kind of sort of had to ask me to do things like take a shower and stuff. Because, like I said, young youth dude, th th there was a lot of things I was rebelling against because I didn't understand what was happening or why, and I didn't care. All I cared about was myself and what I thought and felt. So, like I said, beg me or please pardon my indulgence. Um, so through the course of this, I realize that that's where I've been stuck. And this was yesterday or Thursday or or Friday. I can't remember which day it was. All I know is on Saturday, after I probably had the revelation on Friday, honestly, or maybe even Thursday. I can't remember. It was one of my many sober moments at this point. So once again, please, I, I beg you to let me have <laughs> let me have this. Um, so back to the story. The paper leads me to the thought. And then the thought leads me to understand that I haven't left my childhood room since 1993. I had gotten so used to being in that room except for to do my chores, go to work. And, well, I think I even had a bathroom in there, so I didn't even have to go to the bathroom. I could go to the bathroom in my room and just get back right back out. And there were times I would sneak out and then what have you inside all that time, but that's not the point. I think that what has happened is I got so used to it that even being fully free at 19, being fully out, being fully everything, 
I'm still mentally, and I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I'm still mentally in that room. I'm still mentally, not even in jail, I'm in that room at 101 Blaylock Street, Crestview, Florida, 32536, I think. But I'm still there. I'm still mentally there. I am so used to that being what I saw all the time that I just accepted it as reality. And I have been unable, unwavering, and undaunting in the breaking of that everywhere I've ever gone. When I had roommates, when I lived by myself, when I was homeless, when I got girlfriends, when, and I, I keep building that same thing everywhere I go. And then there's always that routine of, I got to, every Sunday, got to wash dishes, uh, sweep them off the floors, clean the bathroom, make your bed, do your laundry. Like I've had these habits for 30 years. Now the laundry serves me, the showering serves me. Like I said, there's, there's a handful of things that, like I said, I'm, I'm glad my parents just kind of ingrained that shit in me that I had to do that. Like I said, I'll never argue with that. But the thing that I've not been able to reconcile is why leave the room? It's not necessarily, it, it's safe in the room. Fuck it, just say it. It's safe in the room. Everything that I know is in the room. And then everything outside of that room disappears anyway. It goes away eventually. Eventually, at some point, your friends go away, um, loved ones go away, uh, the scenery changes. Like I said, all these things, they just, they just go away. So why bother interacting with it? Why put yourself in a position? And I think this is something that, whether revelation, epiphany, whatever it is you want to call it, I think that this is the, the root of me. This is the root cause of every one of my behavioral habits. Because if I don't leave that room, mentally speaking, if I don't leave that room, nothing changes. If I don't leave that room, there's no pain. There's no sacrifice. There's no change. Even though my parents, I want to say like 2004, 2005. No, it's, it's been, no, like 20, 20, sometime in the 2010s, my mom and dad moved back up to Georgia. That room is gone. The house has been sold. You know, it, it's all gone. I think that even in the things that I want out of life, still keep me inside of that room. It's why I built this, this small gym. You know, because it's the same thing as my room. I have a bathroom. I have a closet. I sleep here. Not all the time, but I mean, I take naps and, and stuff like that. And I think that's what's happening, which is why I'm so... I'm so hell-bent on not letting it go. Because if you force me to let it go, I'm just going to rebuild it until I'm ready to let it go. And maybe that's what life has been trying to teach me, is how to let that go. Let that part of myself, not even so much die, but not... Stop going back to your crate training. Crate training meaning... Um, when a lot of people get dogs, not everybody necessarily, but when a lot of people get dogs, there's a thing called crate training. And in the crate training, the idea is to help the dog understand that this is your safe place. This is where you sleep. This is where you chew toys. Um, you know, when it's the end of the day, this is where you go that, and it helps them understand, you know, don't pee and poo on your stuff. And, and what happened, like I said, there's a whole system revolved around it in order to help to keep the dog safe. When the dog needs its minute, it goes into its crate. Whenever it's time for bed, it goes in its crate. And it always understands that it's its little place, its little safe space, whatever it is. We create these things for these dogs, for these animals who we try not to make them territorial, and yet we give them a territory. 
Take a second, think about that. We do more for these animals than we even do for ourselves. Just take a second to think about that because I'm thinking about it right now. Not the point. Going back to the original point, which is I'm still in that room. I'm still 13 or 14 years old in my head. I'm not saying my childhood was bad because I'll never, I won't say that. I had opportunities to go places. We traveled. We, like I said, childhood wasn't bad. Sure, there were some incidences where it, it definitely left a mark, but that that is neither here nor there. I just think I'm unwilling to let go of it because I eventually made it my place. Yep, I made it my place. And because I made it my place, I keep building it everywhere I go. That's the thing, is I keep building it everywhere I go. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. But what I'm saying is that's the truth, is I keep building that room. And I mean, even in my eye, even in my mind right now, I can vividly see in full color detail exactly everything in it. I remember my, you know, eagle bed sheet or my eagle bedspread. I remember the captain's bed that we bought from Babcock Furniture in Crestview or my grandmother bought in, in Crestview. It was like a, a higher bed. I pushed it up against the wall. It had drawers underneath it and it even had like a small desk area on the back end of it. And from there, there was, I mean, like I said, in detail, I can remember these things because I got so used to seeing it every day that at some point I didn't want to be anywhere else. I trained myself to be okay with staying in that room and never leaving. I, like I said, I can, I can remember most of, not necessarily all of it, but most of my high school career, I was in that room, whether I was grounded or not. I think there was even a time where there's probably a solid 30 days where I wasn't grounded and I just stayed in my room anyway. And I think even my parents looked at me and said, you don't want to go anywhere? Like, no, I'm good. And I don't blame my parents because, yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way too. Again, I will always never blame my parents for the conditioning that I created for myself because that's the thing. My parents are not at fault for what they did. They did the best that they knew how to do based on what was going on in their lives. I can't, listen, I wasn't an only child. I had three siblings. You know, my dad wasn't making a whole bunch of money, so he spent a lot of time away in order to make enough money to pay off debts. That's what he did. I mean, let's let's break it down to the simple. It's nobody's fault. Seriously, it's nobody's fault. Like, I don't even blame myself, or I, I do blame myself. But I blame myself for not changing, not for building the room, just for not changing, not for noticing it, but just for not changing. Because now that I see it, I understand it. And I know why I did it. You know? That room was my everything. That room was my everything. You know, I had a simple little like 20 inch TV, 24 inch maybe at the most. You know, I had my game consoles. I, I bought my first uh, piece of furniture with my first ever paycheck. Um, first ever sexual experience was in that room. A lot of stuff happened in that room. A lot of things. And <laughs> it left such an impact that, like I said, I've never left. And now I'm 43 years old 
And there you go. It's not that I don't like people. I just don't like how I am with people. That's the thing. I don't like how I am with people. And because of that, it, it honestly prevents me from extending relationships past a certain amount of time because I just believe myself to be the cause of hurt, pain, struggle, and trouble. So why hang out with anybody longer than I have to? Because I'm just going to create issues. Right. And again, these are all things that I programmed into myself. And again, I don't blame my parents. Why? Because they didn't know anything else. You know, this was the late 80s, early 90s, man. You know, psycho there you go. Child psychology really wasn't a thing. It's not, it wasn't near what it is now. Not even close. The stigma that went along with the idea that you had to go seek a counselor in those cases is was just unheard of during that time. I mean, sure, people still did do it. I mean, there were therapists, there were things that existed, so it's not that it didn't exist. It just didn't have the same influence that we have now with it, where it's, you know, you have apps and you have payment programs and plans and all these other things that help you get this stuff. And I am not here telling you not to get it, but I'll also tell you it's not for everybody. Therapy just isn't for everyone. Sometimes just sitting down and talking with a friend about it, or hell, having a podcast where you get to sit down and talk about it is enough. And I realize now, it's like, I probably need to be sitting down doing this shit every day. Because I know I definitely feel better after I've talked about it onto this thing. But I think I've just kind of reached a point where now that I know, now that I, and like I said, I'll never fully understand because there's a lot of shit I just don't know. But now that I understand that I've been in that room since, we'll just say 1993, now that I've been in there this whole time and I understand that that's the prison that I created for myself, I'll be honest, I don't even know how to let myself out, nor should I. I don't, I don't know. Because it's safe in there. It's all the same stuff. Like I said, I mean, even in my mind right now, I can see and smell the wood grain, the the shitty finish that was on it, um, the toys that were inside of this uh, foot locker from the 1950s, 1960s that I had inside of the closet. I can see, you know, the clothes being hung up there and then just random stuff on top of. And I mean, I can see the stupid clothes that I had and you know, there were six drawers and I can see it was a twin bed. I can see my little clock radio on the thing. And then eventually it went to a dual cassette uh, radio at some point. Um, but yeah, I keep building that room. Like even now inside of this thousand square foot building that I'm in, I can, uh, like in this little space where my desk is at, this is about how big my room was. And I find myself very, very comfortable in this very tight space. As I take my next sip of coffee and the AC kicks on, this is why I don't have friends. Because I'm so used to being alone. And the only friend I had was my game consoles and the television. Once again, my parents didn't know what to do with me. They didn't know how to coach me into being better. They just didn't. They had no clue what needed to be done. No clue. And I mean, even now in this podcast... I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, that's why I'm comfortable talking about it like this. Because this is like, this is me living out a fantasy of having a DJ booth in my bedroom. 
um, sometimes when I have these revelations, it hits hard, like to the point where I don't even want to talk. It hits so hard. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to update my truck and run this business and do all these things. But, and I mean, even now at the house, I find myself more and more withdrawing from everybody. My heart's just not in it anymore. Heart's not in my relationship. Heart's not in this business. Heart's not into making that truck better. Heart's, heart's just not in it anymore. Heart's not even in this podcast. I mean, I'm still talking and I'm still, I still have something to say. And I'm doing my best to get to the point as much as humanly possible. But, but I find myself back in that same spiral of nothing again. where I just don't feel good about anything that's happening. Nothing. I just don't feel good. I'm, I feel like I'm making the same shitty decisions. And, and because of these shitty decisions, it's just, maybe this is what I needed to be shown. Maybe, maybe this is the weight of the decisions that I've been making. I'll be right back. I need to get a cup of coffee. Hold on. All right, getting back to it. Apologize for the break. Like I said, I had to get a get the last cup of coffee for the morning. Um, but yeah, I'm tired, man. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing, and and none of it making any sense. Well, actually, that's the thing. It's like, I think it all makes sense. Like, even just the thought of it right now, it all makes sense. It's not that I wanted to do everything on my own. It's just I got pushed to do everything on my own so often that I didn't think to rely on anybody else. Because even at home, it wasn't that they showed me that I was a burden. It's just they were busy with everything else they had to do, so they didn't have time to help me out with stuff. You know, as I was growing and as I was changing and moving forward, they just they just didn't have time. And again, I don't blame them. I want to. Like, I do. Like, I want to sit here on this and just go, fuck them, and they didn't understand my needs, and, they, you know, they're just assholes, and fuck them. No, not at all. They're just human beings. Just like me. You know, they make they make mistakes, I make mistakes, you know, they do good things, I do good things. It's it's we're all human beings at the end of the day. And the thing I'm starting to realize, even through this talking and through this conversation bit, is that I just enjoy speaking at length ad nauseum about anything just speaking at length about it. Allowing myself the opportunity to go through the entire range of emotions and thoughts and just, I'm just, I am, I'm allowing myself to be completely open and honest about everything. And I know that this is the part of the story that I keep getting myself hung up on. This is the part of the story that I continue to bump into and never get through, which is you're not, or you need to be locked away because you're a menace to everyone around you. And like I said, it's not their fault. They didn't know what was going to come out of all this. They couldn't have known. How could they have known? You know, my dad was dealing a lot with, you know, work and having four kids and being severely in debt. And I mean, 
like I said, there's a lot of pressure on that guy. My mom, same thing. You know, for the first 12 years of existence, for the first 12 years of their marriage, um, you know, mom could stay home as much as she wanted to. She could stay home. She could, um, you know, have the kids taken care of, make meals. And if she wanted to work on the side, she babysat out of the house on the base. And I mean, so on and so forth down the line. There was a lot of that in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, I don't know if that's the way it is now. I mean, I don't really talk to anybody in the military at this point, but, you know, that's just what we did. So, you know, you were always used to other kids being in the house or you being in the uh, being in somebody else's house as the interloper. <laughs> and And now even just the thought of it, you know, sure, it was a struggle and I sure I didn't understand. I, I couldn't have even vaguely understood how life was for them and you know what that's why I don't have kids because it logically doesn't make sense to me to have them when you watch your parents go through so much pain and hardship because they have them you know when you feel like you're a burden you don't want to put that on a you don't want to put that on a kid man you don't even want to put that on yourself Then I did. I took extreme, extreme uh, chances. And I'm also extremely lucky. And I think I'm just tired. I think I'm tired of being this guy. You know, I was the overly gregarious, fun and fun loving guy in order to protect myself from from people prying in to who I am. And then when I found a mother figure, i.e. girlfriend, ex-wife, all that stuff. My job was to get them to protect me from everybody else because I didn't want them to know. So now that I know that that's what I've been doing, now it's time to let the adult part of myself sit down with the child part of myself and start reconciling these, these things. Because I can be childlike and still, you know, be responsible. I can still have fun and be responsible. And I can open the door to the prison cell of my own mind, bedroom of my own mind, whatever you want to call it. I can do all that and it can be okay. I don't like the idea of it because it is a great deal of responsibility. But I like the idea of if I take that responsibility, it's going to open a lot of new doors to a lot of new things in this life. And I may not be ready for it, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. Because, I mean, honestly, are you ever really truly ready for anything? Mentally, yes. Emotionally, not so much. Yeah. You're always mentally ready for the idea because you understand it based on the logical perspective. Do this, do this, do this, do this. You know the steps. That's the thing. But what you don't know... There you go. You see the steps. You see the walkway. You see the path. But the thing is, you don't know how you're going to react to any of it. Because the moment before something happens... Like I said, you're there. You get it. It's all good. But then the moment after something happens is a very different situation. Because there's a lot of unknown variables inside of all those other places that you have no idea what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. You just know it needs to be done. 
Hmm. You know, I'm. It's not that I'm tired of being in my room because I mean, even sitting here in this podcast little space for that I've made for myself now, I think to myself, you know what? I kind of like it here. It's quiet. It's calm. Nothing's happening. I can always come back to it. And I think that's really what I want is I just want to be able to always come back to it. You know, I kind of understand now why my dad had it too. You know, he had his little room outside where he had all of his equipment, he had his computers, he had all kinds of stuff in it. And it was probably about as big as this room, maybe a little bit. Well, it's probably about half the size of this room. So there's probably about 500 square feet. You know, as much as I don't want to live in Crestview, I would go back and buy that house. I wish my parents would have given it to me because I would have lived there. Yeah, I would have bought it. I'd have lived there. You know, I probably would have learned some shit. I mean, now, you know, I'm in my 40s, of course. It always seems, you know, now, you know, we can do things. Um, but I honestly don't know what I... Well, no, that I do know what I want. I just honestly don't know how to get there. But I do understand that it's just going to take one action every day towards that goal in order to create that scenario for myself. And I've probably repeated this on several podcasts before. Fuck it. It's my podcast. I do what I want. You know, I started this thing with the whole intention of monetizing it and, and making it have segments and, and, and what have you. Now, now I just don't even care. Now I just enjoy talking into a microphone and like a handful of people listening to it. I don't care who follows. I don't care if anybody comments or mentions anything. I just don't care. The only thing I care about is saying what I want to say, letting the entire idea flesh itself out, and then going from there. It's like you guys are getting a live recording of a journal that I should be writing. Yeah, I'm just straight up tired, man. Like mentally and emotionally, I'm tired. Not necessarily physically. Physically, I still got room to grow. But yeah, mentally and emotionally, yeah, I'm not even here. Like this is, whew, this is rough. And you know what? I'm not mad about the fact that I'm just not exciting right now. I don't have these exciting thoughts. I'm having this epiphanatic moment or epiphany. Yeah, I just say epiphany. But I'm having this epiphany. And in this epiphany, I'm realizing that I have mentally locked myself away in there and refused to grow from that position. I always go back to it. Like even in my mind, I'm like updating all the stuff that's in there. I'm putting in a, there you go. I'm putting in a, a twin-sized uh, twin size memory foam mattress with one of those like 18 inch off the ground steel frames. I'm putting that in there. I'm getting rid of the dresser. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm completely getting rid of the captain's bed in my own head. And I'm putting in, like I said, the, 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 the twin deal. Now with that, I'm also getting rid of all the old clothes in the closet. The clothes that I have in this closet, like in the physical reality, I'm putting it into my mental reality. I have, yeah, and now with that twin bed there, you know, I'm, I'm remodeling and I'm updating the bathroom and I'm actually adding a shower. I'm taking out that, like, like I said, I'm completely remodeling this whole thing in my head. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, 
Yeah. And as I'm clickety clacking on the t- keyboard here, uh, here we go. But yeah, I'm like remodeling it. Like I'm updating it in my own head. Like I'm, I'm putting a shower in it. Like, oh no, so I, now I can shower and do everything. You know, I've got the closet in there. I got a, a cool set of electric drums and a guitar in there now. I'm putting a projector on one end of the room and then put. I'm putting a project. Sorry, I apologize. I I zoned out for a second because I started seeing similarities to the room I'm in now. And that room, and I'm realizing there's a lot of similarities between the two. So my brain just kind of glitched for just a second, so I apologize in advance. So with that, that's where I'm at, is I'm trying to remodel it. I'm trying to rebuild the whole idea in my head. I'm also trying to rebuild myself at the same time. You know, I've, I've been losing a little bit of weight, which has been nice. I have been making it a point to do better when it comes to certain emotional things. I'm trying to live in a what I like to call the emotional middle ground. I still experience feelings. I still experience thoughts. I still experience existence. But I just... I don't have the extreme highs and the extreme lows. That's what I'm trying to get to. And one of the ways I'm going about this is honestly trying to get back into exercise again. Because if I'm being completely fair and honest, I work out less than once a week now. Genuinely, I just work out less than once a week. And because of that, I shut that shit down. Fuck off, guy. But because of that, I'm, I'm finding myself just not in the right space. I'm finding myself just not able to put myself forward. Because logically, I know what to do. You know, just go do all the jobs. Go. Like I said, get your chore. There you go. There are certain things done today that are going to help me move forward. But the problem is, is I reach a point where it's just like, ah, fuck. And I got to get past that. And I think it's just going to be the physical act of doing things is what's going to help me get past it, honestly. Like, I got five hours of lawn maintenance that I need to get done. And I think that... I think I've just kind of reached a point where... I'm no longer okay with my current status. And with every book that I've read or listened to, when it comes to moving forward, the one thing that they all talk about is visualization. The idea that... There we go. Excuse me. The idea that until you see it in your mind, you cannot make it a reality. So you have to be the creator of whatever that thing is. And I do. I've got 40 years worth of information, studies, stats, statistics, or uh, stats and things like that, that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's a handful of things that you can do as a human being in order to help you propel forward. The first one is putting an image of it in your mind. What does it look like? Two, how does it feel as you're envisioning it? And then three, why is this important? Why does everything look the way it does? Why does everything feel the way it does? The why of your life. And then everything else just kind of falls into place from those three points. 
So I think that what I really want is I want a vastly different life than I currently have. Vastly different. And the one thing that it requires is for me to just take on the responsibilities of whatever it is I'm doing. So, if these are the things that I really want, it's just a matter of taking the small action steps every day to get there. And if I want more of that, whatever that happens to be, that I got to I got to make that change, man. You got to make that change. That change being you know that change being everything that's next. Cuz you know, I, I wrote down my visualization stuff. I wrote it down and I saw what it looked like. I thought about it and I understand how it's going to feel. It's just the distance between me and that. It, I don't know how long it is. I don't know how long it's going to take. And I think maybe that's the other thing too is I don't know how much it's going to hurt, how long it's going to take. I just don't know. And because I don't know... I find it very, very hard to reconcile in my mind why I should even do it anyway. Because everything I do is going to be a blah, 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 blah. Just bullshit in my own mind. That's, that's really what that is. It's just like Charlie Brown's parents in my head. For those of you that don't know what Charlie Brown is, please feel free to YouTube Charlie Brown and then Charlie Brown's parents, and then you'll understand what I mean when I say... Wah, 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 wah. You'll get it as soon as you look it up. Yeah, don't believe me. Like I said, look it up. You'll you'll know what I mean when you look it up. So that's that's it, man. That's the thing. It's like that's the point that I've reached. And due to the nature of that point, what I'm starting to realize is that. It is. It's all just effort, man. And I have to work hard every day until it becomes a reality. <sighs> yeah. That's it. Every day. Every day. You got to do one little thing here. One little thing there. And then eventually, it will all come to being. Like by the time you finally look up after doing all the hard work, it'll make sense that that's why you did everything that you did. I trust that I'll be okay. I think it's just going to be hard between now and then to accept that. And I think that what I need to do is I just need to make it a point to not worry myself yeah, just not concern myself with what's going on. Yep, that's it. Just don't concern myself with it. Just get started today, working today. Do everything today, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to suck, and it's not going to be fun. No one's, or I'm not going to like it, but that's not my problem. My problem is I'm not where I want to be, and because I'm not where I want to be, I do, I'm doing all the things I don't want to do. So... It's either put up or shut up, man. You know? Seriously. It's put up or shut up. Those are the only two options that I have. And I think I'm just about ready to put up. Just about ready to start just fighting for everything that I want. Yeah. Just fight. Fight as hard as I can for everything that I want. 
What do I want, you ask? Great question. I want to be lighter than I am right now, like a healthy lighter, not just lighter in weight, but a healthy lighter. Like I can, I can run a mile and it doesn't hurt. I can, there you go. I exercise and I'm just not completely worn down or drug out. I want, um, I want to feel like, there you go. I want it to feel not necessarily easy, but I want it to feel okay. I want it to feel right. I don't want where I'm at now to feel right for the rest of my life. Like it feels right just to sit inside of my office and not do shit all day. Like it feels right just to, you know, eat fried chicken and pizza and not give a fuck about my health. So I think that's the point that I've reached and I just don't like it anymore. You know, I got sick not too long ago with this little stomach. They call it Nora or whatever. I don't give a shit what virus it's called. Anyway, I got the stomach bug is what happened. So for about 24 to 36 hours, I was basically puking and pooping my whole life out. Like I think something from 1987 was still stuck in my body and it just got released, whatever it was. So, and I'll end with this story because my time is running out. (laughs) But what I started to realize and what I've noticed is that Again, the story I've been telling myself is that it's okay to be this person. It's okay to sit in a dark room with all the lights off and a couple of fans running and talk into a microphone and not really be constructive or do anything. I've taught myself that it's okay to lock myself away whenever it becomes emotionally hard instead of being in the middle of the storm and learning how to mature through the storm. Yeah. I always go back to my room, shut the door. And then when the storm passes, I come back out. That's not fair. That's not maturing. That's not growing. So I'm finding it just very hard to, Yeah, I'm just finding it emotionally and mentally hard to give a shit because I've allowed myself to be this person. I've allowed myself to get to this point where I unfairly and unduly put myself in a position to not grow. Because it's just easier to sit into the sit in the room of my brain and never do anything. Just not care not give a shit, not move forward, not move backwards, but not move forward either. I've also started realizing it through this fun little question answer thing that I've been doing the whole, the let's get to know each other better type stuff. And with the, you know, let's get to know each other better type stuff. You know, I'm digging deeper and deeper into all the things that I am or all the things that I use as the version of I am. And what I am finding is that, oh, there we go. What I'm finding is that, yeah, I am so switched in to who I am or so switched into what I was, what I've been doing, that I am not making progress at all. Like, no progress is being made. But now that I see it for what it is, it's not necessarily time to remodel the room, but it's time to burn that room down. Or, or, it's time to make it a point to open the door, remodel the room, And then put myself as an adult in there. Yeah. 
That's where I'm at. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's where I'm at. Is I am now in a position to where I can. Yeah. To where I need to make the changes. Like I need to physically repaint the room. I need to get rid of all the old stuff and put in new stuff. Got to make new floors. Got to update everything. Much like I was, you know, giggling about earlier. It's like, this is the stuff that I've got to do. Because I can't be that kid anymore. Because it's not serving its purpose anymore. It protected me for this long. It's helped me feel good for this long. And now it's time to, you know, not necessarily put it away, but it's time to expand on that. You know, it's time to really physically install that shower. It's time to really physically, in you know, create a much more create a much more conducive world to the things that I want. I need to build a house, not a room. Because as I get older, I keep building a room and not a house. Which in the physical reality is not a bad thing because we really don't need that much as adults as we think we do. We don't need the giant open expansive spaces. What we need, yeah, we don't need a big, you know, the living room or anything. We don't, that, we don't need that shit. What we need are the simplest of things. And it's in these simplistic things that we actually learn how to be better people. Because when you don't have as much to take care of, you have room to take care of other things. Yeah. So all of this to say, feel, think, and be this, which is the idea is to be a healthier, leaner version of who I am, which is, let's look at it, uh, 235 pounds at about 15% body fat is to financially be in a better place, you know, $8,000 a month from any of my working ventures um, to, you know, build this truck to a, to a much more modern version, you know, better parts, stronger parts, you know, much more efficient. Um, and then from there, open the door to many more opportunities because not only am I emotionally in a good space, but I'm also physically in a good space. I'm also mentally in a better space. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I just know I'm doing that so I can do more because the simpler I make it, the more room I make for things that I can do. I can do more if I make it simpler. I can do more if I don't take on shit that I don't need to be taking on. Yeah, so that's it for today. Yeah, I think we're going to make that it for today. Just kidding. I'm going to do a little bit more. We're going to talk a little bit more about this illness thing and kind of how that came about too. And some of the things that I learned from that. This is going to be a long ass podcast today, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So quick story before I officially cancel the podcast for today. So let's talk in brief about what happened last week. So last Thursday, I felt a little weird and I felt a little off and I felt a little ill and not last year, but the Thursday before. And for 36 hours, like I said, both ends of this body was very much like taking a severe beating. Um, so with that, what ended up happening was I ended up being severely dehydrated. And in that severe dehydration, I was forced to stop doing things. So I took all day Friday off and part of the day Saturday off and I started back again on Sunday. Not being fully recovered, not being fully hydrated, 
I tried to go back out and, you know, do my jobs. Well, let me tell you, that was a shit show. Like what would normally take me less than like two hours took me all of four and a half hours. And that's when I knew I was not fully recovered from what was happening. And mentally I was recovered. Like, you know, I had enough to be able to like, all right, let's do this. Let's fucking go. And I still had to take up until like Friday of this last week to finally fully recover from everything. And the one thing I'm learning is this is one, not the best way to lose 15 pounds <laughs> Two, um, taking better care of myself and making different decisions. I would not have lost near as much money. Um, Yeah, not near as much money, or I wasn't making any money at all. And I need to make different decisions, so when I am down, the money's still coming. Also, I can't do all this by myself. I'm going to have to start getting help with some of these things. Not everything, necessarily, but some of them. Also, uh... The world's not out to get me. It's just not. It's not going to leave me alone, but it's not out to get me either. I can make simple decisions every day and get back on track every day. That meaning, you know, even though I was down, I can still make different decisions in order to make sure that I'm still providing a service but it just allows me to be down when it's when I'm not doing well. I'm not getting any younger. I'm only getting older. That doesn't mean I'm dying. It just means I got to do different things in order to do different things. And that it's more important than not to get these thoughts out of my head. And one of the many ways you can do that is just being as healthy as you can. And I think physical activity does help with that to some extent, to some degree. So it's as I was recovering and as I was trying to push myself to do things, even though my body just was not responding to what I was asking it to do, what I started to realize is that I am not listening to my body at all. I am trying to outthink my body. Because, yeah, we played the mental game of like, get up, bitch, we can do this. And my body was like, no, bitch, you can't. And that's when I started to realize, like, no, bitch, I can't. Like, in a physical sense, I could not. And that's when I realized I had let myself get to this point where I can no longer do what I used to be able to do. And a lot of it has to do, do with the fact that I am not making the same decisions I used to make. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got to be smarter every day with every decision that I make at this point. I have to think bigger than the way I've been thinking. Like I said, I got to remodel my parents' house in my head. That's what I got to do. I got to remodel it. I got to remodel me in my head every day. And the only way to do that is to physically get to work. Because that's really the only thing standing between me and what I want is just the f physical labor of what I, what I need to do. Exercise, better conscious food decisions, sleep, better conscious business decisions, and so on down the line. Being down for a week really taught me what I needed to know. 
Like it showed me what I needed to know. It stopped me and said, no, 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 no. Look at this. Excuse me. Now that I've looked at it, I really don't like what I see. Like of myself in this moment. But that doesn't mean I can't change it. That doesn't mean I can't make it better. And that is the point of all of this, is to make it better. And with that being said, go make yourself better. Find these things about yourself that you need to improve and just fucking start doing it. Like even if you just imagine it in your mind, if you continue to imagine it in your mind, these things, you will start taking the action necessary to create that world. It's not tricking yourself into believing that this world exists. It's pushing yourself to make that world exist. And, and also remember, not everybody's going to come with you. You got you to gotta start with you, and then who comes with you comes with you. Who doesn't, doesn't. And respect everybody where they're at and their decision to be with you or not be with you. Just respect it. Respect the perspective. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for today. I think that's enough. I've talked enough. Yeah. Enjoy your day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the podcast. My name is Brian. This has been, okay, let's be honest, a deep dive into the mind of the guy that, yeah, pretty much, you you got it in the intro. You know what's happening. Here's the thing. I love what I do, and I do what I love. And I love you guys. Anybody who's listening and anybody who's not listening. I just love the fact that I have the opportunity in this life to be able to do a thing that I've always wanted to do. And I do it freely whenever I want to. Yeah. With that being said, I love you and I love me too. Y'all have a good day.